Well, I'm not a huge fan of the heat right around this time of year. I love the daily storms that come with it. I love swimming in our pool on a dark, cloudy night and watching the heat lightning dance across the backsides of the clouds. Jordan and I will sit in the car in the middle of a downpour to watch the lightning of a passing thunderstorm. I love the feeling, the, I love feeling the wind of a passing thunderstorm and the sound the trees make as they dance in it. I can almost hear the earth sigh with relief every time it starts to rain. And I even love the occasional hurricane. When I was a teenager, I almost didn't graduate high school because of the number of storms we had my senior year. Now, luckily, due to the interesting meteorological phenomenon that is Jacksonville, none of the storms ended up making a significant impact. But every time school would be canceled, Jordan and I would take a ride to the beach and watch the hurricane roll in. We'd watch the rough surf and the wind surfers and the surfer bros who would try to capture it. And afterward, we'd come back to the beach to collect the interesting shells and shark teeth that washed up after it passed. We still make it out to the beach to watch the occasional hurricane pass Jacksonville by. Even Lily, our dog, seems to love the Florida storms. Her favorite time to take a walk appears to be right after it finishes raining. The earth smells differently. The air smells differently. And she can't resist tromping through the wet grass. But then, there are the storms in my life that I do not enjoy. These seem to be the ones that I feel are a little too outside of my control. When I'm stressed out, I dream about tornadoes. Hurricanes over a certain category make me nervous for myself, my home, and the city I love. Especially as the Atlantic seems to get more active, every hurricane season brings a little too much uncertainty and anxiety that this could be the year when the Gulf Stream doesn't swing that hurricane quite far enough off the shore. Then there are those thunderstorms that seem to come out of nowhere with strong straight-line winds and flash flooding, like we saw in Mandarin two weeks ago. These storms are a little too scary for me. As are some of the other storms that occur in all of our lives. Illness that spreads unchecked. A lost job. A cancer diagnosis. A rent check we can't quite pay a sick child, a failed relationship, a dying loved one, injustice, pain, heartbreak, suffering, evil. At some point, we all go to God on our knees and ask for it to end. We ask for God to quiet the storm, to quiet our hearts, to give us some relief. And sometimes, God does. But other times, like in our gospel today, the storm continues. The winds rage, the waves swell, the rain pours. God doesn't always stop the storm. The story of God's people is one of struggle and war and genocide and famine and pestilence. It is political unrest, political upheaval, domination, slavery, and injustice. And while sometimes God does send a deliverer, a judge, or a champion for the people, God does not always swoop in like a superhero to save the day. 
Sometimes the storm keeps raging. God has not promised to always stop the storm. But in this gospel, we hear an implicit promise. Jesus may not stop the storm, but he does promise to be with us when it is blowing its hardest. The storm doesn't slow Jesus. Jesus goes to his disciples, his friends, as they are being battered by the storm. Jesus goes from the safety of the shore into the storm in order to be with his people. And he just happens to walk across water to do it. God may not stop the storm, but God will be there with us in the midst of it. Jesus will be with us when the suffering is so great we do not know how to continue on. Jesus will be with us when the next step feels impossible. And sometimes Jesus may even call us out of the boat. While the storm rages around the boat and around Jesus, the disciples see Jesus and freak out. People don't float across water. Ghosts float across water. Spirits float across water. But Jesus assures them, it's really him. And Peter says, essentially, prove it. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus accepts this challenge. He calls Peter out of the boat with one word, come. Sometimes as the storm rages around us, we are not called just to hunker down and to wait for it to end. Sometimes God tells us it is time to fling open our door and walk into that storm. He tells us not to wait this one out, but to stand against the storm or to help others in the midst of the storm. And he gives us the courage, the power, and the ability to do so. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was called by God to walk into the midst of the storm. A German theologian and priest, Bonhoeffer had objections to the Nazi party in Germany and how they were commandeering the Christian church to justify their fascism. Being a man of means and some renown, Bonhoeffer left Germany many times to go to the U.S. and to England. He was able to work for his countrymen abroad, but always found himself returning to Germany to carry on radical work within the boundaries of his country. Finally, with war on the horizon and a probable draft in his future, Bonhoeffer accepted the invitation of Union Theological Seminary in New York. And almost as soon as he arrived in New York, Bonhoeffer knew he must return home, saying, I have come to the conclusion that I made a mistake in coming to America. I must live through this difficult period in our national history with the people of Germany. I will have no right to participate in the reconstruction of Christian life in Germany after the war if I do not share the trials of this time with my people. Christians in Germany will have to face the terrible alternative of either willing the defeat of their nation in order that Christian civilization may survive, or willing the victory of their nation and thereby destroying civilization. I know which of these alternatives I must choose, but I cannot make that choice from security. God called him to walk on water in the middle of the storm, but Bonhoeffer also knew Jesus was with him. Over the next several years, he was silenced publicly by German authorities and at the same time served as a double agent within German and ally intelligence circles. 
He helped Jews escape to Switzerland and was arrested and awaited trial. Throughout these years, Bonhoeffer wrote treatises and letters that would be his legacy. And in the face of this storm, as the winds raged around him, as the lightning struck too close, as his feet began to get wet, Bonhoeffer grew closer and closer to God. Years into his imprisonment, it was discovered that Bonhoeffer was part of the failed Valkyrie plot to assassinate Hitler. And just as he finished celebrating Eucharist with his fellow prisoners in the concentration camp, Bonhoeffer was led away and executed. His parting words to his fellow prisoners were, this is the end, for me, the beginning of life. Bonhoeffer discovered something that Peter didn't quite figure out when he walked out into the storm. God can bring us peace in the worst of storms. In the eye of a hurricane, there is quiet. For just a moment, a yellow sky. But in the big storms of our lives, God can give us the calm of the eye of a hurricane for longer than a moment. God can bring us peace in a way our brains and our fellow men cannot understand. That doesn't always mean we aren't scared or that we aren't in mortal danger. But it does give us some assurance that God is with us. God does not leave our side even in the worst of the storms. And no matter what the outcome, God will remain with us forever. God does not always keep the storm from raging. We will always have hurricanes and wars and illness and poverty. But what God does promise us is that he will always be with us, even in the worst of it. And sometimes... Every now and then, Jesus may even call us out of the boat to stand next to him in the midst of the storm. 